There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi. I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honored to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Clementine Moss is the founder and drummer of Zebarella, with a busy solo career as a singer and songwriter. She is also a spiritual counsellor and a non-denominational minister at the Foundation for the Sacred Stream. Using the modalities of depth hypnosis, applied shamanism, energy medicine, sound healing and morphic awakening techniques, Clem has an active healing practice. She is certified in contemplative psychotherapy and conflict resolution. A Vipassana meditator for over 30 years, her study and personal practice spans many traditions. She lives in San Francisco with music manager and musician Tim Moss and Henry the Pug. Her writing has appeared in Modern Drummer magazine, Memoir magazine and several other online publications. I found this conversation enlightening, thought-provoking, and incredibly connected, and I hope you do too. Welcome, Clementine, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Now, uh, you're joining us in San Francisco, and we've just discovered it's Fleet Week, so there could be some um, some plane activity in the background, but that's all going to be part of the fun today. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. Now, Clementine, for those people who've been living under a rock and don't know who you are and what you do, can you go ahead and tell us? Sure. Uh, let's see. So, um I, ha- I wear many hats uh, in this uh, incarnation. Um, I am a musician. I'm a drummer in um, hard rock bands. Uh, my, the main ma- band that um, I kind of make my living with is a Led Zeppelin band. Um, and um, I've done that. That band has been around for tw- the last 20 years. Um, and I'm also a spiritual counselor and um, shamanic practitioner. Um and I'm also, I also just uh, put out a, um, a book called From Bonham to Buddha and Back. And the book, um, it combines those two uh, endeavors in my life, the contemplative practice and um, the hard rock drummer uh, mm. practice. 
and uh, I wrote about how I see a lot of the same lessons in both of those paths. Yeah, as you were talking, I was kind of trying to put the threads together in my head, you know, between drumming and, and you know, spirituality even um, at a base level. And um, I guess when you think of, you know, the, the pure tribal vibration of a drum, um, that is a, a very clear connection for me. But do you want to delve into that for us, Clementine, and tell us, first of all, how you got behind the drum kid and yeah. how the two connected? Yeah, uh, well, it was, it's, um, you know, it's part of my, you know, my uh, story, my life story, which is that uh, around 27 years old, I was living in New York City, and I considered myself a writer, but I wasn't really writing. I was sort of floundering around trying to figure out who I was, and I took a drum lesson, and um, and drums just kind of overtook my life, and um in that same year, I um, went to my first 10-day silent meditation retreat. And um, so those two paths, this, uh, you know, I had kind of a big experience at that meditation retreat. And I, I really had been a spiritual seeker for a, quite, a, quite a long time in my life. Um, I always liked the big, you know, the big questions. And um and so, you know, right around the time I found meditation, I found drumming, and um, I thought they were two separate paths in my life. And then as time has gone on, the 30 years later, I really realized how connected the two are. Um, and, you know, when you think about drumming, yeah, the, the tribal drumming, you know, the drum is one of the first, um, you know, images that were ever, you know, that are ever seen and in, in you know, artwork from long, long ago. And um, it was most of the time women who were drumming. Mm. Um, there's an amazing book called When the Drummers Were Women. Um, and uh, of course, the name of the author is blank. I'm blanking on that. But um, she was an amazing woman who kind of traced back the origins of the drum and saw that, you know, for uh, tens of thousands of years, it was women who were drumming. And then as... Um, you know, as we kind of came into a more modern age and, you know, with, uh, um, you know, the different uh, focus uh, being more patriarchal than matriarchal, um, the drum became something that wasn't looked at as a female instrument. Mm. So um, it's pretty neat to see that we're kind of come coming full cir circle with that now. Mm. And especially in like heavy kind of rock bands, it's always had a very male focus, hasn't it? And yeah. but you know there there are some women out there who really smash it, like and and it's so good to see because they they approach it in a whole different way. Like it's a very very powerful thing to watch um, when when a woman's behind the drum kit in a band. I think it's really cool. I think so too. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's. I think it's different. You know, I, I feel like, um, you know, rock and roll, especially heavy rock and roll, it's still, you know, it's, it's really hard. Um, it's, there's still kind of a bit of a glass ceiling, I think for women in that, uh, in the music industry period, you know, unless you're a, a singer, you, you, it's more difficult to, to get work, but that's really changing, you know, daily, mm. I think. Um, so certainly in the time that I've been playing, it's changed quite significantly. So, yeah, it's great. And if people want to hear you on the skins, where can, where can they listen? Well, uh, let's see. Zepparella has a, pre a pretty big YouTube um, 
presence and um and then uh, my website is clemthegreat.com and on there you see um kind of all aspects of my personality um i'm also uh, sing and write songs so i have different musical projects where i'm um at the front of the stage and then um, the other projects that I played drums in and then the spiritual counseling and the book is all on there. It's kind of the hub, my hub of Clem. <laughs> mm, love it. And for you, how would you describe the spiritual side of you now inspiring the creative side of you? So, you know, how do you tap into that to produce music and to sing? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because um, several years ago, I began studying, um, well, I started off in a, a contemplative psychotherapy program, um, studying like Buddhist psychology. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I started studying the shamanic work at the Foundation for the Sacred Stream in Berkeley, California with the teacher, Issa Gucciardi. She's an amazing um, teacher who... Um, has created a modality called depth hypnosis, which combines Buddhism, shamanism, and the Western psychological method in a really beautiful modality. And um, and so when I started studying that, I just became, a you know, just dove right in. I mean, you know, my first class, the drum came out for the shamanic journey, and suddenly all of my, I felt like I was coming to a place I'd been coming to for 30 years, right? Mm. Um, where everything in my life united. And I got very excited about the study and then got all the certificates and went through all the programs very quickly because I was so excited about it and started working with people. And and then a funny thing happened, which was that I just felt this enormous creative outflow. And um, and so I, I, um, I still work with clients, but um, not as much as I anticipated. You know, when I was studying that, I thought, okay, I'm going to be, you know, working with people all day long, five days a week. And, and suddenly I realized I really needed to carve out time for this creative energy that was coming through me. And um, I've heard from other people who study this kind of work that when you tap into this, especially um, when you're working with other people and you're trying to become that hollow bone, you know, where mm. you're allowing spirit to move through you, what can really happen is that your true creative spark, your true um, energetic flow, it opens up even more. And it kind of wants to go in the direction that it's meant to go. And um, for me, I've always had a big, you know, need for creative output, um, no matter what stage of my life I was in. And and somehow that that kind of, I tapped into that even more. Um, and so I, uh, what I thought, I felt like myself just kind of pulling myself into balance, right? So it's not, I don't do all the counseling all the time. I don't do all the drumming all the time. I don't do all the songwriting or the writing. It's like I, I carve out space every day for a bit of each of it. And um, that seems to be the way I'm supposed to work. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I've spoken to many people where they've just become this vehicle for the, the the creativity to flow through them, you know, and they've they've gone and recorded entire albums, you know, um, without a without a single thought. It's just completely just flowed through them, and it's just this divine intervention that's got 
you know, a download for them and, and it's just produced something magnificent, you know. And for me, I have a very similar thing. Like this whole podcast and, and what I do was a, a divine download. Like I am a vehicle for these messages. And so this is effortless for me. And no doubt you'd find the same is that in that creativity, it is effortless and you get the answers you need um, whenever you tap into that, you know, like and you get out of the way. And you yeah. trust in your intuition yeah. and connect with yourself. Those are the big things I find as well. When you get out of the way and you, you actually clear that channel for the communication to come through, wow, the stuff you can produce is incredible. It, that's an amazing way to say it. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I notice when, um, when my energy feels like it gets lowered by what I'm doing. Um, for me, that always has to do with... Um, with uh, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, like um, promoting, promoting mm. myself, right? Yeah. I'm just terrible at that kind of stuff. And when I, you know, I understand that part of my job is, you know, being on social media to be able to let people know what's happening and, you know, all of that connect and all of that. And, um, and it's, uh, I find myself kind of laughing at myself because I see the dread rise up in me as I have to sit down and do these things. And I'm like, but this is a part of it, you know, and, yeah. and finding the time of the day where I feel like it's not taking my energy away from the other things that really feel like, you know, those, those parts that I'm enthusiastic about and mm. then, then just being enthusiastic about being able to complete the thing that I know needs to be done, you know, kind of like doing my taxes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like having that self-awareness of, you know, what you're good at and what you're not and maximising it, you know, whenever right. you can. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Now getting back to the the shamanic part um, of, of what you do and what you tap into now and, and relating that back to drumming, um, you know, uh, drumming can be very healing. Like when we talk about drumming circles and, you know, in, in the shamanic um, use, um, my experience has been through sound healing uh, where a drum can be actually very healing. It can clear the energy. It can clear, it can clear pain um, that's being stored in the body. Uh, and no doubt you'd see that in the shamanic work that you do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, sound is really powerful, mm. um, both with the voice and with instruments. Um, you know, the drum. We know the drum can induce a um, you know a trance state. Mm. Uh, the repetitive sound of a drum, and so that is the foundation of any shamanic journey um, that I do um, is with the drum leading that. Um, but then, when it comes for to healing, um, you know, I've gotten some. Uh, kind of in my own journeys, I've gotten a lot of kind of downloads. And in my dreams, I get downloads of what it would, you know, how to use sound. Um, I think just because that's, you know, a way of, that's always on my mind, I guess. Um, and um, I like the idea of, um, of guiding someone into a way 
um, that they can be in their own journey, their own shamanic journey, and um, ask their guides to bring the sound to where they need healing. Mm-hmm. And that way um, I'm both holding um, the space and I'm connected with my guides and I'm, I'm kind of moving. You know, if I'm in that, uh, that uh, state that I'm in when I'm working with people, you know, I'm, I am very um, kind of merged with guidance right? mm-hmm. and um, stepping out of the way of Clem's conscious critical mind. And in that, that place, you know, music is the sound is coming through right Um, Mm. without a lot of thought to it and thought of how to do it and I like the idea of me working with my guides to play um, what I'm being called to and allowing the client to work with their guides to bring the sound into the places where um, healing needs to happen I like that collaboration Mm. Um, and I have done work where, um, where I'm the person and the other person is just very relaxed. And I think that can, you know, that's helpful as well. Any, um, you know, traditional shamanism is where the shaman is going on the journey, right. And bringing it back, bringing the soul part or the power back to the client. But, um, in the way that, uh, Issa teaches and the depth hypnosis idea is that, what I'm doing is I'm helping the client become their own shaman, find mm. their own healing, and um, and and leading them to understand that. Um, and I think in that way, that kind of sound healing, I think is 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 can be really profound mm. because it's it's more personal. Mm. Um, It'd be an incredible way. journey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very lovely. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's always developing, you know, more and more um, in my own in my own work. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, I also do music production on the side, Clem, um, yeah. and oh. have done for many years uh, and um, was a radio DJ for a little while. Um, and uh, the music that you hear on this podcast I created and produced, so, um, you know, and have done for many other podcasts. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> by that. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, oh, that's great. So I'm, I'm not trying to blow my trumpet here or anything, but I've done a lot of um, research into the science behind music because I'm a bit of a nerd like that, right? So... Um, I love to tap into the heart coherence that you can get um, when you produce music at a certain beats per minute. And there's an actual science where, you know, when someone connects with a particular beat at a a particular frequency, all this kind of stuff, their heart beat can match that beat. Mm. That blows my freaking mind. Isn't that amazing? It is. And so yeah. this is where music can actually be a medicine, can't it? It's a medicine. Mm. And, I, you know, I wonder how much when we're with others, our heartbeats begin oh, to match. Oh, yes. And then if we're in a room of other people listening to music and we have that moment where we just feel like we're one, mm. you know, with everybody, um, to me that's... I love being on stage and I love being on stage, not because I feel like me, 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 Mm. you know, Um, I feel like I love being on stage because I love conveying that, that feeling that I have 
with when I'm playing music, when I'm singing, when I'm telling a story, that that feeling. I love to af- be affecting and helping people connect to that because it's joy to me. Mm. You know, it really is joy. Even if I'm playing, you know, a hard rock, even if I'm playing immigrant song, you know, a Led Zeppelin immigrant song, even I used to be in a stoner rock band, you know, even <laughs> though I was playing like really hard, yep. double kick drum and stuff, like we're still all together there. You know, mm. we're still lifted up. Mm. And um, I've never been one to really believe that, you know, um, y- you know, that certain music is intrinsic, intrinsically um, negative, mm. you know, even, uh, I mean, of course, words have power. Mm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <clears throat> musically. Um, I, I feel like, you know, if the person listening somehow feels transformed in a positive way, then, um, then I feel great, mm. you know, that great, then that's the music for them. So I don't, uh, I think all music is of benefit and if it lifts, yeah, know, if it lifts us up. I reckon we should uh, do a study at one of your shows, Clem, and um, put heart rate monitors on people and see if they all match by the end of the night. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> it would be really, really cool. Well, certainly, you know, the sound waves are moving through light waves, which are moving through our systems and our molecules and who knows what's happening as that carries around between between us. So yeah. And as as a performer, I can completely resonate with the joy that uh, you get out of just doing it. You know, like uh, I also play guitar and uh, keyboard and like when you nail it, like you really nail it on guitar and you're just in the zone, like you don't even have to think about the notes, you don't have to think about the positioning or anything and you're just you're just like on the journey of it and you're just with the instrument and you're feeling it like that is like a drug that that is like such joy for me um to just play the guitar and and get it right and enjoy it you know like that for me I totally get what you mean about you know loving being on stage I I you know I just play it for myself love it and then if other people hear it great you know but it's like I I totally resonate with that and it is like a drug you know if you create something amazing and you're just on that journey going with it in the flow, oh, so yeah. good. Well, and going back to, you know, how that connects to contemplative practice, mm. right? I mean, that's what we're, that's where we are. We're in the moment, you know, when we're letting go of our conscious critical mind, when we're not thinking we're doing it wrong or we're chasing something or looking for something in those beautiful moments where we really are awareness. Mm. There's nothing but awareness. Um, that is being um, outside of time in a way. We're not anticipating something coming forward. We're not looking back to the past to try to recreate something. We're just in it. And mm. um, that is kind of the basis of why I started writing about this stuff about this connection between the two that, um, you know, on the outside, it looks like how can hard rock, how can John Bonham, <laughs> you know, who is a, you know, a very strong personality in rock and roll, how can he have something to do with, you know, Buddhism or, um, you know, contemplative practice, but it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It's finding that, that space of now, 
mm. you know, within every moment. And um, yeah, I think you you said it really well. And, you know, if we look at the, the big pop stars nowadays, you know, and the documentaries they do behind the scenes, like, you know, they have a, a lot of them have a moment of prayer before they jump on stage or, you know, just a moment where they all connect with each other where before they get on stage so that they're all in that same energy and space. So on some level and some degree there's some awareness that they tap into before they, they get out and perform. Well, and you probably know this for yourself too, but, I mean, being a musician, it is a, you know, there are very, a lot of moments mm where you really are connecting to your inner world. Um, you're sitting and you're practicing things over and over and over and, and falling into meditative states. Mm. You know, you're, you're watching your mind try to battle, you know, if, mm. especially for people who have stage fright or, or feel like, why am I even doing this? Or, you know, you're battling those kind of, you know, the, the mind, the trickiness of the mind in order to fall into that flow state that you know is present you're, you're um, putting off, um, you're doing something that really puts off gratification for quite a long time. Mm. You know, I mean, you pick up an instrument, try to play something, it's going to be a little while before you're happy with what it is. And mm. you're, so you're, you're looking at all of your internal world and trying to, to navigate those things. It, it makes for people who I think are, uh, are able to really look, look at that that stuff within themselves and and also to realize the connection i mean i know if my band doesn't do our pre-show ritual which takes about two minutes and is a secret little thing that we do if we don't do that before we get on stage it feels uncomfortable mm. you know it feels like we haven't had that moment to really just be like you me mm. we're here here we are yeah right? so yeah so it just shows Again, connection is so important, particularly like if you're playing in a band and you've all got to be on time and in tempo and together and, you know, actually nail it, like you've got to be connected to each other before you start. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I could yeah. talk about this stuff all day, Clem. It is Me exciting. <laughs> exciting stuff. <laughs> but for those people who um, want to grab your book, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Uh, it's called From Bonham to Buddha and Back, The Slow Enlightenment of the Hard Rock Drummer. And I started writing it um, in 2016 as uh, little blog posts and then uh, decided, okay, well, I'll just collect those into one big book. And then I realized, oh, no, actually, I have to write a whole bunch more to make it into a book. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as easy as that. Um, but it came out in February of this year. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on Audible as an audiobook. I, I read it myself. Um, and it's, um, it, there, it's broken up into a hundred small vignettes. Um, and there are several themes. One of them is what we've been talking about, mm. um, the connection between, uh, spirituality and, and playing music, um, there are some road stories in there. There's the story of what I was doing and how I decided at 27 that I was going to devote my life to a music musical instrument that I had never played before. Um, uh, it's a bit of a love letter to my father who never got to see me play, died young, and um, but was you know, kind of taught me how to love music. Um, and it's also, um, I, I talk a lot about some of the things that I, 
I needed to, you know, overcome as far as um, that internal negative voice um, that told me, you know, uh, that megaphone of negativity that had been pumping into me since puberty Mm. Um, and, and a little bit about that journey too. Yeah. Amazing. And um, I know you mentioned uh, your website earlier, but for those who missed it and want to catch it again, do you want to share your website and socials for us? Sure. It's uh, clemthegreat.com and um, social media on Clementine Moss on Facebook and I think Clem the Great on Instagram. So um, yeah, Clementine. And then Zepparella is uh, Z-E-P-P-A-R-E-L-L-A. And uh, our YouTube channel has some some lessons on there too to how to learn Led Zeppelin songs on each each band member. Um, That's amazing did that for their in- individual instruments. So we take when the levee breaks and everybody kind of shows how to do that. And, oh, that is so um, cool. Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah. I love that. Around. Now, uh, Clem, i got the last big question for you. What's mm-hmm. the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that... Um, to be able to see people and even those who are behaving very badly, <laughs> um, to be able to see people as um, intrinsically good and divine, mm. I think is our way forward. Um, I think when we other people, when we say that um, they're no good, when we say that there's no hope for somebody, when we say that that person needs to, you know, be shunned or shamed or put outside um of things i think um i think we are in danger of putting our own ourselves in darkness Mm. um and you know that's really difficult and of course i'm not a i'm not a buddha i don't (laughs) do that all the time um but I do really one-on-one try my best to see each person as worthy of uh, my attempt to see the light in them um, and to see them with the compassion. Mm. And I, I really don't think there's any other way that we're going to move forward. I really don't. And even for the most enlightened of us, uh, that, that is a very conscious practice that we have to do isn't it? Like because our mind is so programmed to judge people and to have negative thoughts and sometimes not be nice. (laughs) And it is a conscious thing that you have to practice. Yeah, and some people, I mean, they really probably shouldn't be walking around (laughs) with us, (laughs) (laughs) right? I mean, they really, some people are truly so damaged Mm. that it's not safe them to be walking around but again it's damage mm-hmm. right I, I do believe it's damage I don't believe any any baby is born intrinsically bad I just don't I can't and I I am of the belief that everything is divine if everything if one thing is outside of God then nothing is God God is all right mm. so I just um, it, it's it's a challenge it's a challenge, but the more compassion that we can show to the person who maybe isn't, you know, the mass murderer, but is the guy who cut you off in traffic or the guy who's being selfish or narcissistic, all those things that we 
see, you know, to try to see into the suffering at the Mm. base of that, I think. And, you know, Um, it's something that comes up a lot in this show is that, you know, um, our unity is in our struggle mm -hmm. because we're we're all – we've all got a story. It's just a different perspective, you know. Um, So if we could just take a moment to look at someone else's perspective instead of constantly our own and judging others – Maybe they've got a story and maybe they're dealing with some stuff too. That's right. Mm. And everybody is. Mm. Everybody is. I mean, the person that you think is the the biggest blowhard, you know, if you really listen to what they're saying, if you really look at what they're doing, you can see into their suffering. Mm. And, um, you know, and then, and then a conversation can be had. You know, it's um, people energetically feel when you're judging them and when you're avoiding them and um, to really, you know, work to be present with people. And the way we do that is we don't take on other people's suffering. You know, we work to understand our own suffering and and we become empowered in ourselves so that we don't um, we don't take the insults or the the negativity coming up at us uh, can move through us mm. you know yeah i like to see uh people as a clean slate uh mm. and let them write the story and then go mm. from there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you get to say yes or no yeah you know that's the deal yeah you get to say okay i'll engage or you go and i'm not going to mm. Oh, Clem, look, I have loved every single minute with you um, and thank you to the angels for not uh, ruining it for us <laughs> or being a part of the episode. How incredible was that? Um, so that timing was incredible. So thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. I'm so honoured to be on your show. Thank you so much, Bindi. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's growing every day with great content and highlights you may not have heard on the podcast. In addition, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple and why not leave a five-star review? If you're not following me on social media, you can find me at Ethical Change Agency on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube and at DJ Bindi on TikTok and Instagram. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hi, I'm Lessa Godet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.